Hi, before we get started with the episode, we just wanted to point you in the direction of the social accounts we've set up for the show to help you guys engage with us and communicate and get involved with our show. You can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Emailing us will really be the best way to talk to us directly and conversate with us on air during the show. Also, be sure to like You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter at You Can't Disappod. That's Disappod like Disappoint. So there's one S and two P's. Well, thanks for tuning in and let's kick off the episode. Here we go. <laughs> Chemistry. Sexy. You know what else is sexy? Annie. I know chemistry is sexy, but Annie, I don't see it. I'll let you say something first this time. All right. Um, hey, everybody, and welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. That was a mistake. I, uh... <laughs> No, keep going, keep going. I'm with you. I want to root for you. Make me want to root for you to do well. Take Um, it away. Hello. (laughs) I think that G Unit uh, was an underutilized rap group in the early 2000s. Okay, here we go. Hi, Mm. welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm your host, Joel McHale, and this is Card Sharks. (laughs) Topical. Topical, right? Just to kick off the show, uh, just thanks for listening. If you click hey. play on this episode, thanks. It like truly means a ton to both of us. Yeah, I feel like we're we're getting a little, you know, a group of, of croonies together that tend to, to watch this or listen to it or I'm sorry that he called taste you that. it. That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't speak for me. <laughs> but yeah, he's right. As much as I hate to say it, uh, thanks for clicking play, whether you've listened to them all, whether this is your first one, and even if you're going to press stop right now, thanks for checking us out. That's yeah, all. And also means... check out Communities on Twitter. Yeah, check out Communities and some of the other podcasts as well. Uh, we're, uh, we're a great big old family, and I'm excited uh, about some perspective stuff that's coming up soon. Zach, you want to talk about any of that? Or is it, is it all still under wraps? Is it hush-hush? We have to keep things on the down low. Oh, what? You had stuff? We're supposed to... We have, we have stuff? I thought you had... There are a lot of talks happening, <laughs> both with, I don't know, uh, friends we've met through podcasting about community and friends it, from the from our, our pasts and stuff. We're going to do some stuff with some people soon, I think. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, Joel and Donald have been hitting our lines a lot, and we're just yeah, trying to make the space for them, but I just don't know what episode they'd really be good suffocating for. suffocating us, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, like, use them. I want to bring them in for an episode that they were really good in. And it, I'm uh, waiting. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm Still waiting. waiting. <laughs> uh, so how are you this week? Uh, good. I uh, This week seemed like it went by really fast. Yeah, it did. I kind of thought today was yesterday, or I don't know. I was thinking of when it was time to record the podcast, like today or yesterday. Yeah, and I, I like, sure oh, didn't think it was today. Already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. Yeah, but yeah I guess. The week went we're by here. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good uh, good week. Zach. Hey. What did, what did, what did, did you watch? Anything neat? Any what's, what's I know Big Brother's going on. How's that going? Honestly, disappointingly. Um, it's a lot of good returning players, but mm-hmm. we're seeing 
I'm not going to talk about it very long. We're seeing the same thing happen where there's like a big group of athletic white people. Mm. And so far, the three people, well, tonight the third person will be voted out as of recording. The three people getting voted out have been like fan favorite women. Oh, great. And all of the people that are being targeted next are all of the people of color in the house. Oh, good. And it's really disappointing, and the decisions have been disappointing, and you expect better, especially out of people who, like, I don't know, know what people like out of the show. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but in other news, I watched a really good movie this morning. Oh, what was it? I had kind of written off after hearing about it, and then I heard a lot of people say it was pretty good. Palm Springs on Hulu. It's an original. It has um, Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. Oh, was that I I okay, I have not seen it but I have heard of its existence. It's really really good. It's kind of like a play off of the whole Groundhog's Day reliving the same day over and over Ooh. again, but it had a really nice twist to it and the two characters have a lot of chemistry together and it was really funny. Like wow. I was really really pleasantly surprised by it. I'll add that to my list of things to watch. I've also been going back through and watching AP Bio because the new season of it is coming out pretty soon. Which so, I thought that show got canceled. I'm it glad did, it's but it, 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 uh, it got canceled off of NBC, and now it's going to have a third season on Peacock, their streaming service. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that comes I'm glad out I liked in that a couple show. weeks. Uh, I'm really enjoying it this time going through it more than I remember the first time. It's really funny. That'd be one I'd definitely be down to watch again. That's it. Have you, have you watched anything? Uh, I have, actually. I, uh... The various slice of life anime I've been going through aside, I watched a a film by director Satoshi Khan, who is a pretty well-known Japanese filmmaker, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, but it was a movie called Perfect Blue, um, which is a big, big, big influence on the movie Black Swan. Oh, okay. I mean, it's about a, film a like... I have not seen. Ah, well, I haven't seen Black Swan either. I've seen parts of it, but I get the gist, you know. Yeah. There's some pretty side-by-side comparable things in it but the movie uh, perfect blues about like a girl group singer who leaves the her like group to go pursue a career as an actress and then like the role she takes on is like pretty adult which is a big uh, jump from japan's idol culture which you're supposed to be like the pristine little you know untouched little figure mm-hmm. um and so that kind of destroys that image which causes some people to go crazy but it's also like a very psychological thriller so you can't tell whether she's like going crazy or, like, what is real, what she's filming, vis-a-vis the fourth season of BoJack Horseman. Hmm. It was really good. Really, really good. And that the twist at the end, actually, like, I did not see coming until, like, right before it was revealed, which is pretty good in a movie that came out in the 90s. That's so great because I... Okay, so I hate when people go into a movie, like, trying to figure out how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. I want the movie to, like, take me there. Exactly. I don't, like, think about it. I just want to be watching the movie. And because of that, if a movie ever, like, does something, and I'm like, oh, so that's what's going to happen. Because I'm not seeking that. Exactly. I am immediately disappointed because I want to I wanna be along for the ride. I want to be surprised. I don't want to know exactly how the movie is going to end when I yeah. meet all the characters. You know, I hate when you can tell right away, like, oh, well, that guy's clearly the bad, you know. Yeah. So this was, it was neat. Really well done. Uh, the animation was neat on it. It does, he does a lot of, I don't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, but it's the transition thing in scenes where, like, you think that it's one thing is happening, but then they, like, zoom out, and it's a totally different reality than you kind of thought was set up by the shot. Interesting. There's a I name like for that. it. But, yeah, it was really cool. 
I'm looking forward this week to revisiting the Bill and Ted films before the new one comes out. I have never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 1 or 2. You know, I haven't watched them in a long time, so I can't exactly tell you if you should or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they... They're really cheesy and corny, but I think there's a good chance that they're still pretty funny. And yeah. if they are, maybe you should check it out. But I think there might be a chance that if it's not something you have nostalgia for, mm-hmm. it's pretty dated. And I don't have too high of expectations for the new one. I just think it's pretty cool that they're making it at all. I think so, too. And I really like Keanu Reeves. And I like Keanu Reeves enough to watch those movies and enjoy him in it. It's hard for me to see Keanu Reeves now as that character in it. And the trailers haven't helped mm-hmm. any. I feel like he never smiles. <laughs> and, you know, they're like dopey, like... Yeah. It's kind of like goofy. 80s Wayne's World. It's like goofier than Wayne's World, but mm-hmm. or cheesier than Wayne's World. It's kind of like Saved by the Bell Wayne's World. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, it's funny. hard for me to see you know, him be like silly like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, so I would place money, though, that the new Bill and Ted will be better than the newest Dumb and Dumber. I remember not caring for Dumb and Dumber 2, but I also don't really remember anything about it mm. at all. The only thing I know about it is that there is a Jennifer Lawrence scene cut out of it. Really? Why? Do you know why? I thought you told me that. I mean, I might have, but... I think that she... I don't know whether she asked for them to not put it in, or whether they were just like, this movie's bad enough, we're not going to do that. But I know that there was a scene with her in it that was cut. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to look it up. If Mm -hmm. I did say that, I've definitely forgotten. Let's get into things. Yeah. What'd you think about this episode, Zach? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we're not. We're dipping our toe in. We're not. We're not. We're not taking the cannonball. So, who's your MVP today, Zach? Who'd you? Who'd you? This week, we're talking about episode fifteen of season one. We're really getting to the home stretch of the first season. Those big milestone episodes are getting closer and closer. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about romantic expressionism, which was directed by Joe Russo. It was written by Andrew Guest, who previously wrote Advanced Criminal Law, which was one of my favorite of those early episodes. Oh, yeah, and good one. in the future, he writes Messianic Myths and Ancient Peoples, which is the Abed Jesus movie episode. Ah. And he also wrote Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and half of the season two paintball. Love it. It originally aired February 4th, 2010. Nice. Before we talk about opinions, let's test our knowledge okay i have three questions as per usual i Who's do as well first this time why don't you go first okay what part of vaughn's body besides his nipples does jeff say freaks him out Ooh, i i liked this line i didn't use it as a question of my own but okay. i did take note that he was not a fan of vaughn's feet yeah that's exactly what it was yeah i get that not not a not my cup of tea either, Vaughn's feet. There's like, All right, isn't my... there like a website where you, where you like rank people's feet? Is there like celebrity feet? I feel like there is. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I no, wonder. Like, I don't. I do not top. like the sound of that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to know who's at the top. You um, know, are they going off of size? Shape? I doubt what, it. What is somebody who's really into feet like? Like, what what is it about that makes a good foot? That's a good point because I've caught. I don't know. I've just kind of assumed like if that's your thing. That's your thing. I mean, yeah. they're like ugly feet and less ugly feet, I suppose. But like, I don't know. But like, there's got to be like a tier system. Like, if you see like, yeah. you know, two pairs of like feet in front of you, and you feet get are like a small minority of feet, and then the rest of them are more or less the same. Yeah, mm, you'd hope. I don't know. Let's talk about something else. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> what does Vaughn say is the most important guitar chord? 
And what does it stand for? It's G. It stands for God, and that was the very first guitar chord I learned, and still one of the four or five that I know. <laughs> right? <I> was... <laughs> it is pretty important, depending on what it's you're playing, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the examples of what Vaughn feels more connected to in the universe by everything being his bro? Oh, my God. Um, I think it was eagles, yeah, hats, mm-hmm. and was the last one rocks? Perfect. Two for two. Oh, nice. Nice. Hey, I got to mm-hmm. redeem myself for last week. Last week, I missed every single question. <laughs> okay. Here's one for you. What actor played kick puncher like in real life uh they say the actor in the show who played oh, kick puncher. i do not know this one ah you have any I any guesses it. i really don't i think the actor's first name is Derek. they mentioned in the commentary but i do not know the actor in the universe's name no ah well that would be esteemed actor don the demon donaldson i don't remember that huh ah, that's good on you Uh, My last one for you. In what film did Tom Selleck fight mechanical spiders slash did Pierce's brother tragically die on the set of? (sighs) Okay, okay, okay. Was it called Runaway? It absolutely was. Three for three. (laughs) I I like Tom Selleck. Uh, (laughs) Okay. What year does Kick Puncher take place? In a world oh, man. ravaged uh, by mm. war. Because the joke was like, oh, I must have missed that. Mm-hmm. 2000... Uh, two, uh, five. You are so, 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 so close. What was it? 2006. Nice. But, you know, it, that same same difference. I tried. Yeah, I only got good. one really right of your three, and you got all of mine. You're on fire this week. I'm on fire, bang, Let's bang, see bang, if the streak bang. continues. It's time for Steven's thing. Hello. This is the part of the show where I, in detail, describe... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Different different podcast. That was the Dojinshi podcast. Whoopsie. Okay, here we go. For this one, the one with I'm glad Zach. I did not know what that means. That's <laughs> good. Don't. Uh, <laughs> the one person that listens to this and knows what it means will laugh. Everyone else will be curious. Okay. Uh, we actually have two emails this week, Zach. Wow, two? Two. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we are like... Our cup running. I'm going to have to get a P.O. box. Shit. <laughs> you specifically for what? <laughs> Just for me. emails? For, for emails, yeah. Well, I turn all my emails into physical mail and then get them sent to me because I like to feel wanted. Yeah, our email server only allows so many or else our rates will triple. <laughs> we can handle four at a time. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. You heard it here first, folks. How many <laughs> Steven can handle at a time? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first email. Uh, I'm going to read the one that I opened here first, and this is from our friend Martin. MJ Hello. writes us. Hi, Martin. He's MJ. He's... He says, hey, Zach and Steven, thank you for another entertaining episode on interpretive dance. I loved hearing Steven's thoughts on being a male dancer and how it informed his viewing of the episode. I'm also excited that y'all are planning on getting guests to join you on the podcast. Looking forward to that. Yeah, us too. Steven's a dancer? Uh, Of the exotic variety. Oh, okay. I -hmm. would not pay for that, and I do not support it, but live your truth. Well, you know what? Four people on OnlyFans feel very differently. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, when you said it is one of the free ones, you know, <laughs> a couple people are going to bite. Well, and you'd I be surprised how many back. disliked it. Um, <laughs> hope y'all don't mind if I own up on doing these little trivia rounds for y'all regularly. It's a way for me to help you guys round out your episodes while trying to give you talking points. We are all for the trivia. Keep sending I don't know. It. I really mind people interacting with our show on a regular basis and enjoying it and engaging with it. Yeah, just uh, wait till we start recording terrible. like three weeks in advance and no one can email us shit. Why would we do that? So that no one can interact. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's do like four today? Yeah. Okay. It's like watching an American Idol rerun. It's great. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, do you remember when American Idol used to get two nights a week? Yeah, I think <laughs> if it's still on, it still does. Oh, really? Good I for think them. so. Could, well, at least like at the point of the season when it's performance show and then results show. Ah. Uh, anyway, gotcha. was that one All of right. Martin's questions? Did we? Do that it? Did that we was nail it? that was exactly it. All right, here we go. MJ's trivia round, week number three. Here we go. Oh, number one. This is a hard question because I don't think I know it. Um, <laughs> Pierce's assertion that he's younger than Abed. Troy and Shirley put together yeah. is correct. True or false? Is Pierce really younger than the three of them put together? Well, I feel like Abed is in, and Shirley to an extent are of indeterminate age. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Troy would probably be 18 because 18, Annie 18, is. Yeah. Uh, we know Shirley's roughly the same age as Jeff. And we know Jeff is... Is younger than 40. Why don't we mm-hmm. say 35-ish? Yeah. So there's... And I would say Abed is somewhere in between Britta and Troy, so he's probably what twenty two. Yeah, he'd be he'd be younger than that. Because how how long is Abed? You're gonna make me get out my protractor on this one. Here we go. He said bonus points if we show our work. I hate math. Okay, (laughs) so we said eighteen. We're gonna call Shirley thirty five. We're gonna call Abed. How old? Uh, nineteen or twenty? What are you thinking? I think he's older than that. Okay, okay, so then like 22 yeah, is I'll, where I I'll, would put him. I'll agree with 22. So that would make Pierce 75, which he's not. They're in season two or three when there's the school election, we learned that he's 66. Yep. So this season he'd be like 65, 64. Okay. So once I've edited out how embarrassingly long <laughs> it took us to get to that. Ding, next one. Big brain energy, false. He is not younger than their age except true he is younger than their age fix that in post all right uh number two what is the absolutely in- not <laughs> what is the in-world name of the actor who played kick puncher well we mj that. we did that one and his name is don the demon donaldson yeah mj if you're gonna send in these questions you really got to get on the same page as us man yeah watch the beginning of the show buddy come on <laughs> nobody's watching anything <laughs> just wait <laughs> what <laughs> just you wait let's move All right. on as quickly as possible <laughs> okay um rank the three movie posters visible above abed's couch in his dorm room which Ooh. for reference let me jump down to episode well no i i definitely saw in this one back to the future batteries not included and the, stand by me stand by me so were those mm-hmm. the three yeah those were three of yeah I have only seen Back to the Future. So well, I'm going to go Stand By Me, Back to the Future Part 2, and then the Alien one. Yeah, Back to the Future Part 2 is the worst one. Yeah. It's three. not a good one. 
Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, number four. What is the in-world name of the sketch comedy troupe that Pierce consulted to prepare for the movie night? Oh, what is their name? I know he says, like, you're a community college sketch Ooh. comedy group, but what's their Ooh. name? I don't remember. I literally read it on the community Wikipedia page for this episode, mm-hmm. prepping, and I didn't write it down, and I don't remember it. Yeah, I have so no clue. There you go, MJ. Stumped us on that one. Okay. Oh, here we go. What are Vaughn's nicknames for Annie and Pierce in this episode? I know the Annie one is... Is it Moonflower? Mountainflower. Mountainflower. Mountain Mountainflower. Mountainflower. And Pierce, Pierce was at the end, he River says something. Old, old Man, Man River. River. Yeah. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. 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 Next. All right. What TV series did Troy mention when he was coming on to Annie? It's a show that I didn't pick up on the reference at all until they mentioned it in the commentary. It's like Red Door something. The uh, shoe... Red Shoe... The butt stuff joke. Yeah, it's a show that was like softcore porn, like on Oh, Cinemax. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've never you, seen that have, one. Red Shoe Diaries. I had Cinemax for a very short amount of time but but what was i it ended good, up was it seeing, a good time it was not no. it, when i had for a good time was showtime which at night had a show that i was like oh but i didn't i didn't quite have the full-on softcore cinemax accident accidental channel change next <laughs> <laughs> number let's talk uh, about feet again <laughs> number seven which of these pairs did not look at each other during the sexual prospect table scene? Okay, here are the here are the choices. Which one did not look at each other? Oh, multiple choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Britta and Troy. Okay. Annie and Pierce. Okay. Shirley and Troy, or okay. Jeff and Abed. I'm pretty certain about this one. Is it Annie and Pierce? I was thinking it was Britta or and it Troy. it was the first one, Britta and Troy. Yeah, I think it's Britta and Troy. If you're confident, I'm willing to lock that in. Because I'm pretty sure that Annie, that Pierce looked at Annie, and then Annie looked away. Gross. Mm-hmm. I, we'll talk about that scene when we get there. Maybe. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I, honestly. Uh, eight, here we go. Oh, this is, this is, this is a tough one. Um, and we won't be able to fact check this until the very end. But how many characters did Abed play in the Kick Puncher parody slash homage in tag? I wasn't a fan of that, but he <laughs> definitely plays the love interest in Punch Kicker. And I know and he plays at least like one more. A series of foes in the beginning. Yeah, so like maybe several. I guess like four or five. I think it might even be more than that. Woof. I think it's something in the ballpark of eight. Wow. But All right. So you're going again, with eight. Yeah, that's, I'm going to go with what my five. We'll, yeah, we'll count. We'll count at the end, but no, we won't. We'll forget we, we, about We've not once remembered we've never to check. Done it. <laughs> we love the sounds of our own voices too much. And then MJ says, send stay us an negative. email as we finish the show to remind us to go back. <gasps> he really is going to need to. Um, yeah. You got to start paying this guy. Yeah. He says, stay don't mega ex- dope. Don't expect. Don't, don't say anything about it, MJ. though. MJ. Be yeah, cool. We don't have cash. Mm-mm. We pay you in promotion. Everyone go find MJ. <laughs> just, just find him. Yeah, he's out there somewhere. what's up. Yeah, you guys can get, you guys can Track him down. Internet, do Someone's your thing. Someone's got to know where he's at. <laughs> All right, that's email number one. We have a second email this week. That was funny. I don't with know more why questions. I thought that was so funny. Okay. 
All right, this one is from Danny. Hi, Danny. The returning says, champion. Yeah. To defend her title against the newcomer. <laughs> let's, let's see if she takes it any easier on us question-wise, because okay. she's usually, you know, yeah, hers makes are us tough. feel real bad about ourselves. Okay, hey, Steven and Zach. It's Hope y'all are I having really a great day. She said, I literally set a reminder to send my questions so I wouldn't miss it like the past few weeks. Here it goes. Well, we appreciate it, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, God. <laughs> On the window of the study room, there's a sign that says, Group Study Room Blank. Group Study Room F. F. Okay. 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 I thought always it always says like, that. That's the. Something. No, that's the, like the. There are several group study rooms, and the one that they use is Group Study Room F. Okay. Okay. All right. What's the first joke Troy makes about the movie? So, I don't know mm, if that's when Abed first introduces it. the movie, because he's like, that's going to be bad. But then, like, when the movie starts... Does that sound like a joke to you? That's no. going to be bad. What's the punchline <laughs> there? Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, Danny. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I, know. Feel, like you know, I feel like you know we don't know. Yeah. Right, just waiting for us to That's just harsh. Hey, here's one we'll get. What are the okay. three examples of bros that Vaughn gives? There you go. We've got your eagles, we've got oh. your rocks, and we've got your hats. All the classic bros. All the bros. All right. Okay. Huh. Okay. What's the name of the building behind Vaughn when he's serenading Annie? And what object is Abed holding in his hand? Oh, shoot. The building behind the study group is Borchert Hall. Mm-hmm. But what did Abed have? Yeah, I think it's a negative for me on both of them, Danny. Yeah. I'm going to hold that L, so let's try and remember to look at that as well. Uh, can't wait to hear this one. Big hugs from Mexico. Thanks, Danny. Well, thanks, Danny, for stumping us once again. I didn't you know. know. Does Danny live in Mexico? That's awesome. Yeah. Because you guys are friends, right? Yeah, yeah. She, so how do you uh, know each other? We both are dancers up here. She's just in Mexico at the moment. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll cut that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like uh, stuck down there for a while. Well, ni hao to you there as well. <laughs> I'll cut all that. Ohio! Arigato! What? Did you say Ohio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Is that it? Is that all we got this week? Yeah, those are our emails. Thanks, guys, for writing in. You guys really showed us the what for. All of me and Steven's questions are like, what is Jeff's last name? <laughs> right? <laughs> What's the name of the school? And we still get them f***ing wrong sometimes. <laughs> what number episode was this? Like, we're on Blue's Clues, and they're on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And I really... <laughs> It's That's the second week in a row you've compared our listeners to Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Well, because I think it's because I don't do very well at that show. Oh, how many, time, how many times have you been on that one? <laughs> well, I was a third grader a couple years ago, and <laughs> they kicked me off. All right, for so this wrong. episode, what did you think of it as a whole? In all honesty, this was yeah. not one of my favorite episodes. I don't disagree with you, but the... The more I watched of it today and kind of sat with it, it's a very light episode as far mm-hmm. as there aren't a lot of things in this where I'm going to think, oh, it's the one where this happens, and that's great. I love that one. But there are a lot of really good moments and a lot of like important-to-the-show moments that I didn't know were in this one. 
Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a mixed bag. I don't think it's bottom tier, but it's lower half of the middle tier so far. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, parts in this are some of my least favorite of the season so far, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy a lot of this episode. There's not a ton to unpack in this one. No. And that's okay. I feel like this episode's really sweet. And it's really winning on a character level for the most part. There's not a lot that it did wrong. It just kind of feels like an episode of the type of show Community seemed like it was going to be in the pilot. And not so much the show that it's been the last couple episodes. And that's not a bad thing. It does it really well. Mm -hmm. It's just not the show that I wanted to make a podcast about to pick apart. Exactly. But I feel like that's a little bit too damning to say that. Because I did enjoy this episode more than some of the other episodes. Well, let's, let's, let's jump in. Let's, let's, uh, Bluska do. We can too. In fact, the commentary, they, like, this episode, they consider, or Dan considers, like, a crown jewel of the first what? season. Really? As far as, like, talking a lot about how, oh, yeah, we're the show that can do, like, the paintball stuff, but we can also do, like character-based stuff that works really well and this is his example of that i can see why they would think that but i don't think there's i don't know the way he talked about the episode he made it seem like there's a lot more to unpack in what's going on than what there actually is yeah it does have a moment at the end of the episode that is one of the best moments of the entire series as far as like the study group around the table and i i love britta in that scene especially I yeah. think there's some good We'll get to stuff. that when yeah. we get to it. So there is stuff to unpack. The episode begins outside Greendale. It's always nice to see outside Greendale because we only see that season one, maybe yeah. season two. And Jeff and Britta are walking together talking about uh, – they mention Jeff's relationship with Slater, which it's nice to see continuity with that. Yeah, he has a little – like uh, she left a gold star on his crotch, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was and a little funny joke. That is a funny joke, but right off the – bad that's like the the joke that fits in with that alternate community you know what i mean because again i don't know i don't think slater the person that she projects would do something like that it's like the joke is oh she's a teacher so she gold star Mm -hmm. because what college professor she's a statistics professor does she put gold stars at greendale (laughs) maybe but i did think that joke was a little funny uh, mm-hmm. His shirt's still untucked, so they probably just banged. Um, Jeff says something nice when he says that it's nice to have a, a, a girlfriend who has a good sense of humor and who recognizes good work. That's a funny line. Yeah. I don't dislike Jeff in this episode at all, really. I was going to say Jeff takes a step down in the ranks for me a little bit in this one. Um, I think a couple things that he says. Nothing major, but... but yeah, a couple of things that he says. And I don't know. We won't get into it yet, because right now we're just at the tip of the iceberg. Uh, Jeff stops Britta because he sees Annie talking to Vaughn, who, if this episode wasn't one of my favorites, I'm very glad that it at least gave us another half hour with Vaughn. I love Vaughn. Every time I get Vaughn, I'm happy. Vaughn is like season one of Community Incarnate. He really is. Getting rid of Britta. Yeah, the the show did a lot of these original songs, many of them Vaughn in the first season, not exactly something that continued at the level it does in this season in the future. They have songs and episodes that call for it, but it used to be like pretty often. There's been a song in, I mean, I don't want to quite say most, but a lot of the season one episodes so far, several. Yeah, 
if not a song sung, a song like featured, mm-hmm. and that's not something they do in later seasons. That might be a, a budget thing, though. Yeah. Uh, Vaughn and Annie are talking outside. Vaughn's sitting on like a dog bed <laughs> that he seems to have brought from home to s- sit on campus. And he's teaching Annie about the G chord, which, man, that's so... I don't think Vaughn is in any way douchey, but that's so like douchey guy with an acoustic guitar trying to hit on a girl. Oh, it totally like, is. It's like, oh, oh put but your this fing- chord. Let me show you where to put your fingers, mm-hmm. babe. Yeah. Yeah. That's worked for me so many times. I'm sure. That's how I got Steven to do this podcast. <laughs> That's actually exactly how he got me to do the podcast. He, hey, just, he showed up show in you. Chicago with a guitar and sat me down. Let me show you where down. to put your fingers, babe. Then when he got him, I was like, community podcast, you and me. <laughs> it was like that scene from Ghost with the Pottery, but it was a guitar and neither of us were Patrick Swayze. Jeff is immediately concerned that Annie is being acquainted with Vaughn and... His motives in this episode are a little bit questionable to me. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of ways it could go. When he sees Vaughn and Annie, his first instinct is to block Britta because Vaughn's her ex. Yeah. Which is nice. The other thought is that um, Vaughn is this older, to be feared, predatorial man, which I don't believe he is. I believe no. he's about as sweet and wholesome as Professor Whitman. You know, he's about as kind as it gets and good natured as it gets. Yeah. And the other and so that's not a good angle and the other angle is that he is the older predatorial creepy man that has eyes for Annie and doesn't like seeing this. And I think that the first time I watched the episode today, we'll unpack that as it unfolds, but yeah. But I, yeah. I think that like on first glance, at least regardless, it looks like Jeff has good intentions, right? Like he like you said he covers Britta, you know, kind of moves her out of the way. He's like, you know, Annie's only 18. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I feel like his first go-to is, why is Annie talking to him? I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. They keep talking. They're talking about how G stands for God in the G chord, and but not like a Bible God, because Vaughn thinks God is everywhere. Yeah. And Annie is so, like... Annie acts the most like an 18-year-old she ever has in this episode. Definitely. And I'm sure it's because the episode kind of hinges on that to some regards because she just kind of like plays with her backpack straps and says you're complicated Tavon <laughs> yeah which he truly isn't no not at all and he even pulls out the next move and the guy with acoustic guitar when he strums a chord and kind of puts together a tune saying her name where are you going today <laughs> but it's kind of cute you know I think that Vaughn playing just about anything on the guitar would have an effect you know, he's just got I that feel charm like about him. We misspoke the previous week. I feel like number one on attractive Greendale students list has to be Vaughn. It might be Vaughn, but think of his nipples. Everyone makes fun of that, but I think that's just mostly like the study group because like he was an outsider. Uh, think about the dean making these lists. That's true. Who knows what the dean would like, you know, maybe it'd be more similar to a Dalmatian, so I'm just saying that Vaughn is so Nice and kind and attractive. It's true. He's truly got it all, and it's very clear why Annie is, like, smitten, like that kind of schoolgirl, like, giggly crush when he talks to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, And Jeff, whether or not his intentions are noble, he feels a little, I don't know, when he sees someone like that, especially someone like Annie, who he's a little bit close to, I think he feels threatened, kind of. Mm Mm-hmm. 
he goes right into a line that's pretty funny when he talks about Vaughn having no shoes or shirt, but yet he continues to receive service. Yeah, that was funny. And Britta plays it pretty cool this whole episode. She doesn't even say anything that whole time other than Vaughn's name when Jeff mentions him by his tiny nipples. <laughs> yeah. So we cut from there to the study room. Um, Troy and Abed are planning to watch Don the Demon Donaldson in Kick Puncher tonight at the dorm. Um... This is another thing about this episode that it's a plot starting that I like, but not a ton to unpack here. Yeah, uh, totally. I, I like the what they're doing with it, but it's pretty straightforward. We can all relate to getting together with some friends and like goofing off while talking about whatever you're watching or watching something to goof off, so it's relatable. I mean, we and... saw the... <laughs> We've watched The Room together more than once. Yes, yes, we did. And I don't know. And what we're doing right here is a few shades away from it, you know? So it's totally relatable. And it makes for a funny subplot that, again, and maybe I'll sound like a broken record and say this a million times, it feels like that other community. It feels like a really silly, funny, but slight subplot that just kind of puts a handful of characters in the same room and lets them sit on a couch and make jokes like That's a lot of quite sitcoms literally do. what it is. That's yeah. absolutely right. And they kind of find a way to like, okay, uh, this person's here too. You know, like very much that, like you said, the community that we kind of see in the pilot, but also very just kind of sitcom in that time as well. Yeah. And I can't stress enough that I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's just like, even though I kind of like in season one when it's a little more low-key than the later seasons are, mm-hmm. this episode in particular doesn't feel like the same show as those later episodes. No. When some of these other more grounded episodes feel removed from it a little, but they still feel the same. Troy and Abed are talking about how they're watching the movie The Apartment. They do the handshake for the first time, the high-five handshake. Is that the first time? I believe so. Wow. And Stephen and I's friendship for a very long time has usually... I don't know, we greet each other and say goodbye to each other, typically with that handshake. Yeah, for years now. Yeah, probably six years or more. I'd say that sounds about correct to me. Yeah, and now we do a community podcast together. It truly makes so much sense. Yeah, we, you know, if we could go back and tell those little kids now. Shirley's intrigued that, that they're watching bad movies to make fun of them. She's like, usually if a movie's bad, I just turn it off. (laughs) <laughs> and Pierce is like, oh, you don't want to invite someone lame. But Shirley, like, I don't know. Abed is down for Shirley to come. And Shirley's like, it sounds college I'll try it out. And I think that's kind of sweet. I do, too. Because Shirley, you know, as much as Pierce is trying to get that college experience, so is Shirley. Yeah. That's a big part of the reason she's, you know, a part of this group. Well, unlike Pierce, you know, Shirley's conflicts in life are very present and now Mm -hmm. uh so having this experience is meaningful pierce has been circling the drain of greendale for a while yeah you know if he's just seeking out that college experience it's not like a mid mid or end life crisis it's (laughs) it's a bad habit that he can't break yeah that's a good point and he invites himself he he says you wouldn't want to invite the housewife but he invites himself what time do you want us to be there abed has some good moments in here when Pierce is being awkward, and he has to react to it, but can't react to it, like, low-key. Yeah. His eyes just get really wide, and he looks at Troy. 
And she was like, Pierce, you don't want to watch a cyborg movie in Abed's dorm. You want to lay in your twin bed and think about what you used to be. Which is funny. <laughs> uh, you think I'm too old to make monkey shines at the picture show? Oof, at the show. And that's when we show. get that younger than the three of you put together line. Uh, he, he, Pierce, like, needs to be included. And no one's really nice enough to tell him, no, we don't want you to come. <laughs> yeah. That's... About where it leaves right now. Annie is arriving to the study room and kind of waits back until Jeff and Britta get there because Annie wants to talk to Britta about the whole Vaughn situation. Jeff walks into the study room, leaving the two of them. I thought this scene between Annie and Britta right here was one of the better scenes in the episode. I do too. Uh, for a couple of reasons. I think, I don't know, sometimes this shows, and I we've spoken on it, and I, we're not the people who should speak on it, but I think sometimes this shows female voice is a little off or forced. Yeah. And this was a good moment of just two female character friends interacting with each other, and it felt natural, and that was nice. Yeah, and I think it was the appropriate amount of awkward especially for for Britta, right? Cuz she's like, "Oh, you know, I'd have to be a a, a villain to to not be okay with it, you know, cuz Annie's like, yeah. "Hey, I I, I kind of like him, you know, we're not doing anything. Don't worry, we're not doing anything, but I just, you know, I just kind of, you know, she's kind of awkward about it too." But it's cute how kind of flustered Annie gets. And Britta does play it really cool, even if it does bug her here, she doesn't show it at all. She plays it really cool and she Says the right thing. Yeah, and she kind of casually asks about Troy because she's like, oh, well, I thought that you were into Troy, so why are you worried about, you know, which is kind of a little hint at how she's feeling, but she does it in a way that seems more like she's just a friend asking Annie as opposed to somebody who's actually worried about Vaughn. Right. She doesn't want to be a villain. Uh, I After Annie tells her that she's the coolest girl she's ever met, I love Britta's fivesies. Oh that my God. turns into a snake. A snake? <laughs> it's quite definitely my favorite Britta Perry moment to date. That feels like Britta. And That's a lot of so time Britta. so far, it hasn't. Britta hasn't felt like a bunch of a character. That's Britta right there. It yeah, was great. I think if, if nothing else, this episode, I was happy to see Britta being the Britta that I love, which is more so the season two and three Britta. I agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. Annie's reaction is funny too after Britta turns it into a snake. <laughs> She's just like, oh, cool, and then turns away. <laughs> Steven, I feel like it's got. It, it, we're already two and a half ish minutes into the episode, and we've been recording for 45. But it, it can't not be mentioned that you and I have quite literally had this same exact situation. We have had this exact same situation, exact same conversation. The semantics were a little bit different. A little bit. I think that, uh... I don't know. Who should tell the story? Do you want to tell the story? How... What? Okay. You can start the story. I can fill in blanks. There's not a lot to it, but... No. Basically, the girl who I am in a relationship with, I, we've, we live together, we've been together for two and a half years at this point, was Steven's girlfriend for a period of time in high school. It's and true. And Steven and I have been great friends since high school, like when they were dating. Yeah. And I didn't really know her then. And... Several years after high school and college, we became acquainted with each other, and now we've been together for a long time. Yeah. And I had to sit Steven down and <laughs> tell him that I had seen her for the first time and that I wanted to go forward with it, but I didn't want to break any friend barrier, you know? I wanted to yeah. have a conversation with him about it. Yeah, and it was it was totally fine, you know? We, we talked about it, and, and after I and we cried never for spoke a few hours. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy how we're able to record this podcast without actually speaking to each other. 
uh, but yeah, it had been years after, and she and I were, you know, kind of friends at the time, and all good. And I'm just happy that they're happy, and you know, and and you're always invited to join. At yeah, any time. well, you know, and me and Zach Tom are very happy, wide open. and I figured the least I could do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I more than anything, I think it's a really funny, uh, I don't know, shade of our friendship. It is. I love being able to be like, yeah, that's my friend Steve, and we dated the same girl. Because I, <laughs> it, I think it's funny how not a big deal it is. Exactly. Ever been. That is funny. Okay. I just couldn't help but bring it up. No, it After, is. We, are, we're, we are Annie and Britta. Yeah, and that would make me Annie. Mm-hmm. And I'm you, fine Britta. being Britta. I'm fine with you being Britta. Hey. Okay, so we get a little blurb of the theme song, and after that, we are in the cafeteria. And Jeff is texting, as always. This is one of the first establishing shots of him just texting into the abyss on his phone. Uh, Britta walks up to him, and she's going to kind of spill the beans that... She's just like, they're like, oh, they're they're for real, for real. Yeah, they're for real, for real. And she's kind of, I think, putting out feelers to see how Jeff's going to react to this because she wants to react a certain way to it or at least wants to feel rectified and like someone else giving off that energy. Jeff is on the angle of like, Annie is this kid and they're her Greendale parents, which puts his relationship with both Britta and Annie in weird places. Yeah, it does. And he says, we've got to like put a stop to this. And Britta knows that Vaughn's not that bad. Vaughn's pretty harmless. And Jeff, I don't know if he's just so overprotective of Annie. I don't know exactly what his angle is, but it's she, he's like, well, Britta, you're 28, and you're fooling around with him. That's different than Annie, who's 10 years younger than that. Says the 30-something-year-old man who's kissed the 18-year-old girl that they're talking about. Yeah, right? That he, he must have just forgotten about that one. Or he's like, I don't know, like projecting other yeah. feelings. That's why I got a weird vibe from Jeff this whole episode. That's the, fair. The emotions entangled are weird, and yeah. I stand by that. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, there's a pretty funny interaction where, you know, Jeff's saying, like, this is a bad slope, and it all starts with Vaughn, and he he brings up that that's going to be the segue to her being married to Starburns. <laughs> and then we go to where they're staring at Starburns and giving him a hard time. And I thought it was really funny that Starburns catches Jeff staring at him and says to the people that he's sitting with, like, oh, that guy, yeah, he's a douchebag. <laughs> I because love that he's too. totally being one. Yeah, Jeff is. He's sitting over there making fun of Starburns, who's not doing anything to anybody. I always love the jokes when we get to see what the study group is like to other people and how it's pretty bad most <laughs> of the time. Yeah, everyone hates them. <laughs> it's different from the gang, where it's, like, so obvious that they're bad people. The gang meaning the group sunny. on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Whereas the study group, I don't know, they're not inherently bad people. They just, I don't know what it is. They just bounce off each other in a certain way. Well, yeah, and I think another issue is that the gang doesn't, as delusional as they are, they don't actually think that they're good people. Whereas the study group, they are like, no, I think think it's always sunny. They think that they're good people, they think they're the best. That's true. They think they're above it. (laughs) But the show is in no way portraying them as good people mm-hmm. the show kind of has its has its foot in both sides yeah that's so fair. we cut to to abed's dorm room and they're there to watch the movie and we've got to talk about 
Chang is there. Chang is there in a tux. He's wearing a tux. You know, clearly none of my plans fell through. He says, it's weird that Chang's here at this point in the show. It is. Yes. Um, he's just kind of there. They give that small explanation. There's no like, oh, yeah, we invited Chang or like, oh, he's kind of cool. It's so far they've all not liked him and he's been a bad teacher. It's just like they needed to put Chang in an episode. Dan did mention on the commentary that after a while they had trouble coming up with more scenes of him in front of the classroom, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And yeah. he's like, I know those are some of the funniest scenes in the series, but when when you've done a couple of them, it's hard to keep coming up with them. And I feel like that's probably true. But this was not a great way to shoehorn him in. No, I agree. I think it was just weird. It felt awkward, and I don't think as it much was super as super necessary. Like as much as I like Chang, and I yeah, think as much that... as I like to see Ken Jong in an episode of Community when he's been kind of spare most of the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do a lot for me in this episode. He's just like set dressing. No, and I think that Shirley, Abed, and Troy were funny enough, like in the scene. So yeah, and just to speak more to Community being those like set a bunch of characters on a couch and have them rib at each other, and it doesn't really matter which characters, just put them on a couch. I don't know. It's like it, it almost makes me want to compare it to like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I got some heat, Zach, because I I showed someone uh, our Christmas episode, and in it we were talking about. Big Bang Theory, and I don't know whether I misspoke or what, but they got the impression that I liked Big Bang Theory, and that I liked Big Bang Theory more than Friends, and I'm, like, incorrect on all fronts. I feel like I remember you speaking of watching the Big Bang Theory in an episode of our podcast, Mm -hmm. and you didn't say much other than, like, oh yeah, I've seen a lot of the Big Bang Theory. It wasn't like a time when we were clowning on it. Ah, yeah. I don't remember. I I should have made sure that every time I talk about the Big Bang Theory, I quantify that with I don't think it's a good show. I don't think the Big Bang Theory is a good show, and I'm of the school of thought nowadays that Friends isn't that far from being not a good show. See, for me, Friends is always going to be really high up there, and I've watched it several times. And there are just, there are some things about Friends, like, yeah, I think Ross is not that great, but... Ross is my favorite character. (laughs) I'm saying Ross is not that great a person. Ross does some pretty As far as, like, where the comedy comes from. That's fair. I don't Uh, don't know. I think Friends has aged very poorly. Mm. It's jokes about gay people. It's jokes about women. And it's lack of diversity in the show. All Um, things I agree with. I don't think it holds up too well. But the the six cast members are very funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly that the writing was always that funny. I think that they brought a lot more to it than it probably would have had otherwise anyway that's for friends cast it is uh they're all getting ready to start the movie and pierce is like well surely if you want us to wait a second so you can make some drinks for us and Shirley has a cold like you're gonna be waiting a long ass time (laughs) i like i really liked that shirley line (laughs) i i liked that they went as far as showing the fbi warning on the movie that they're watching um (laughs) And Troy's first joke, I suppose, was right Was about here. the FBI like, warning. It's like, oh, FBI warning. I'm so scared. Which I remember thinking that when I was a kid. Really? See, when my mom a- and I always joked about it. My favorite, like, pre-movie commercial was the one where it was the guy, like, stealing a TV. It's like, you wouldn't, you steal, wouldn't a TV. steal a car. You wouldn't you steal wouldn't a baby. St- so why would you pirate a movie? <laughs> you wouldn't steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I'm like, I, I would absolutely steal all of those things, first of all, movie. Pierce immediately jumps into how he has to be the funniest it's a competition to him mm-hmm. or it's a it's a it's a dick measuring contest he has to show how quick and funny and quippy he is and so he's like hey i didn't know we started <laughs> uh 
And I feel like situations like this where it's a bunch of friends joking around, whether they're watching a movie or any situation, especially in a school setting, it can feel like that. Oh, absolutely it can. Especially, like, I mean, just imagine what it felt like to be anybody watching a movie with us. I mean, they just can't compete. They probably well, felt really insignificant. For that to happen, someone would have to be willing to watch a movie with us, and <laughs> that's, that's never happened. No. Uh, have you ever been in a situation like this where, you like, you... Pr- what Pierce goes on to do later in this episode where you like practice what you're going to say. I've never done that. And you get to no. school the next day and you're like, oh, it's going to be so funny and everyone's going to love me. No, I think I've thought of like jokes before school before and been like, oh, I'm going to drop this mofo sometime today. But it's never been like, a, okay, I have to have something good to come with. Yeah. Have, okay. you, have, you, have you pre-studied before? You gotten ready? I don't know. I don't think I do it so much now. I pretty much just do it when we record this show. I feel like in school, to an extent, I kind of put myself out as like a character a little bit, mm-hmm. or like the way I presented myself is a little bit different. So I might have I might have done it a little bit, but I don't think it was. I think it was similar to you too, where I I just like thought of bits. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd be like, oh, this will be funny to do at some point i'm way more interested in all the glimpses we see of the kick puncher film than i am in this like jabbing I at the movie really story i really want to watch kick puncher yeah, and the second one well. actually i know I've, I've told you before i used to like every week uh, every saturday sci-fi channel used to have a new original movie that was god awful and my mom and i for years watched that every saturday <laughs> Well, if you put out a movie every week, your track record <laughs> probably isn't going to be that strong. When you have the same release schedule as South Park, it's kind of hard. All right, so let's talk about Megadope. Megadope. The, 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 the drug that is mentioned in Kick Puncher. It gets you mega high. It, it appears it, – it's very, it's very clear that Kick Puncher is RoboCop. Yeah. Even though it seems like Kick Puncher doesn't have any type of police officer authority – but he's Not still quite. like cracking down on drug dealers on the well, street. Well, he is the law. Well, he has to um, go after all the scavengers, drug dealers, and mm. terrorists that mm. that have ravaged the planet. So he's but he's a vigilante. He's more like Batman in 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 like in in moral code than Robocop. Yeah, true. Shirley needs some mega dope to get her through the movie. She gets a jab. <laughs> I love that Shirley's one of the guys. Uh, of all the characters being maybe a little bit misplaced in the storyline, Shirley's the one that I like the best. I, I like too. that she's showing this side of herself that she can have fun with the dudes. Well, and I like when Shirley just gets to be like a fun character when she doesn't have to be the one who's like, you know, trying to fix something or like yeah. trying to or like or meddling being in something. Sidekick. Yeah. yeah, the freeze police gives oh. Pierce his first opening. Freeze police! Don't do that. They'll get cold. <laughs> I really like when Chevy, like, has to do a laugh at a joke that Pierce has made that nobody else is laughing at. He does this, like, high pitch, like, I can't do it. I can't do it at all. But it's... But I know what you're talking about. It's so good. It's like, because it's so, like, pained. Like, come on, guys. Uh, We're all laughing here. It's almost like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker laugh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Where it's it's just you can't help but... Oh, so everyone is just chewing on their food really uncomfortably. Shirley's clutching her purse. No one's reacting to Pierce's joke, and he just kind of lets it go. We we get to the end of the film now, and it's a real shame, that again, that we didn't get to see more of Kick Puncher. Yeah. Uh, 
I love the '80s style hair on the woman that Kid Culture is so involved glad with. you said something yeah. about that because it was great. And then, of course, the closing iconic line of the first in the Kick Puncher franchise. Kick Puncher, is there anything that we can give you? Don't call me Kick Puncher. Call me David. So was David, was this like a, like an Inspector Gadget type situation where David was in an accident? And oh, it had, had to, to be. Have, and he, all his punches got the power of kicks, you know? Oh, that's true. That's true. I didn't even watch the thing, did I? No. <laughs> I didn't watch the episode, but I've done a lot of kick puncher research. Hey, major props to Kim Yang getting yeah. to direct wow. a blockbuster film in the 80s as a woman of color. Iconic. Yeah. It it's unfortunate really... her driving record is so poor. But, okay. And that her okay. film Here... record is so poor. <laughs> I hate that Pierce made that joke and Chang is right there because he really thought that that was the one that was going to win everybody over. He was like, it's into the movie, my time to shine. Yeah, uh, and, and when Pierce gets called out for it, he doesn't even bat an eye. He's just like, so clearly we're all really funny. <laughs> when, when are we doing this again? <laughs> so this is a win all the way around. And this is one of those moments I mentioned where Abed can't say, oh, I don't know, we're all kind of busy. When he just like, oh, well, actually, tomorrow we, everyone's like, no. And he does it a couple of times. We were all going to, I wouldn't. And then... <laughs> Right? I don't know. They make it like really clear, like, stop talking. And Ovid's just <laughs> And Ovid's like, it's no, like, I'm going to tell him. We're going to all get together and watch Kick Butcher 2, codename Punch Kicker. <laughs> and Pierce is ready to go home and lick his wounds and come back for the next day, the next film with his A game. And Chang gets one of his, like, two or three lines when he just says, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, Chang... I don't. Why was he there? I don't know. But he, Ken, Ken Jong had just exploded into superstardom with The Hangover in 2009, and I oh. loved that he's on Community, and he brought a lot to the show. But he did not need to be in Abed's room for this movie. Yeah, did he feel a little bit bad when he got scripts and he like has Maybe. four lines? He's anyway. like, hey, did you forget that I just had my entire like naked penis on millions of screens across the country? Better put me in a big part. <laughs> So now we cut back to Annie and Vaughn. Vaughn is like stand just standing on his skateboard and pretending like he's surfing. Well, he says it's like surfing, but on the on wheels. But he's not doing anything but <laughs> no. standing on a skateboard that's not moving in the grass and putting his arms out and wiggling them like he's surfing. And then he makes Annie do it. <laughs> like, all right, your turn. Rest. Yeah, I don't know how. I, that's one of my biggest things about this episode is that they're they're downing on Vaughn for being like predatorial when he's so like pure. Annie's gonna ride the way. He's not sexualizing Annie. He's not forcing her into anything. They're pretending to surf on a skateboard, <laughs> on a blanket on a community college campus. Like I yeah. really feel like he has done nothing harmful to her. People always talk about ships and community. Nobody mentions Fawn and Annie. And to everyone that says that, I say that your faves would never pretend to surf together on a stationary skateboard. And it's adorable. Nope. The only, honestly, the only ship that could have as much fun together as Vaughn and Annie have is maybe like, a Troy and Annie situation, but I still don't think that Troy and Annie would ever work in my heart of hearts. It's just because, as you've said with the Brita situation, you live vicariously through Troy. Yes. And you would like to be able to add Annie to the list as well. It's true. 
Again, uh, Jeff pulls Britta right away from the situation with Vaughn. This time it seems a little bit more so they can spy on what they're doing. Uh, This is when Jeff says what I think is a really bad, tasteless line when they're spying on Annie, they're looking at the type of stuff they're doing, and Jeff says, I can hear her armpit hair growing from here. Yeah, that was like such a crappy thing. Just that, and let alone that Britta, of all people, would respond to that line with a laugh mm-hmm. when she does not seem the type to, I don't know. Again, I don't, we're not the people who have to say anything about what women should and shouldn't do, but women definitely don't have to shave all their hair if they don't want to. Yeah. And what type of woman you are has nothing to do with whether you have some armpit hair or not. And that that's what, like, Jeff thinks of, I thought was pretty gross. Well, and if anything, what that would mean is that she feels comfortable, like, Vaughn will accept her regardless. Exactly. Which I is thought that a good too, thing. <laughs> the only thing that makes you different if you're comfortable with stuff like that is probably that you're comfortable in your body and how you feel about yourself. That you don't feel like you need to live up to anything. And you shouldn't have to feel that way. Yeah, totally. So that line, like, I think I really, like, genuinely, like, almost scoffed the first time I heard it. Because I, I think that's... That's so not woke. It's not. And that was strike one of, I'm going to go ahead and say probably three in this episode for me. In hindsight, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Jeff has three strikes for me in this episode. So maybe Jeff is back to being a piece of crap. And I don't think he's quite piece of crap territory, but his intentions are questionable from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he mansplains and white guys his way into several situations in this one. Yeah, he has a pretty gross line to Britta as well later on that we'll talk about. But I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Jeff keeps saying we got to do something, we got to do something. And Britta finally kind of says, okay, even if I agreed with you, what are we going to do? She was never going to do anything. She might no. have felt this way a little bit, but she would have let it go and been fine. It's because of Jeff pulling it out of her. Except Jeff literally says, like, let's hatch a scheme. <laughs> And now we cut back to the wholesome stuff that what we're really here for. Vaughn's massaging Annie and saying, uh, just center yourself. Just center yourself. And I feel like we've, <laughs> we've done that. Several times. I also really like Annie's look in this episode. When she I think she looks super Vaughn. cute. I do as well. Uh, so the, Jeff is saying to Britta, you know, if we say, hey, we don't think you should see Vaughn, that's going to have the opposite effect. And they need to come up with a scheme. I feel like everything Jeff says is a potential strike. <laughs> I'm just putting this whole conversation as one for me. Jeff says this the the, the mean line to Brito when he says you can't solve this problem with casual revelations that you spent time in New York and stuff like that. I don't know, like saying that like your point of view is wrong. And yeah, he literally said like your way of doing this is not going to solve anything. The thing that drives it into the the territory that Jeff's once and this is a pretty awkward moment when Starburns who was just calling Jeff a douchebag taps him on the shoulder and says, somebody just went to the top of my to-do list. Gross. The only reason they had that line or interaction is just to give Britta a reason to jump on the anti-Vaughn train. Yeah. And I don't know, a little bit ham-fisted community. Well, and I also don't think that that fits with Alex's character. <laughs> yeah. And that, of course, means uh, They take him in some weird directions, but hateful is never one of them. No, it's not. And like horn dog isn't well, maybe he is kind of a horn dog. But I feel like Starburns does all right. He doesn't. He's not worried about any of the girls. That's in a the study good group. point. Starburns is, does just fine. He's Starburns not gets around. He is not like forcing anything on anyone. 
No. We're in the study room. Several of the people are sitting at the table, and Jeff and Britta are literally on the outside of the see-through window and blinds and stuff, like, peering in, uh, talking about Troy, who is studying, that they're going to try to manipulate the situation into making Troy and Annie get together, not because they think they're good for each other or really have something, but just to get Vaughn out of the picture... Which know. is so wrong for so many reasons, because you know Troy doesn't feel that way about Annie. You know that Annie is trying to move on from that, but they're just being so selfish here that they yeah, don't Yeah, they care. know that those people can be manipulated if they try, and they take advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not the first time the two of them have done this. Yeah, you're right, and not the last time either. They decide no. that they're going to try to get them together, and they're going to try to get Troy to make the decision for himself that he wants to be with Annie now. Uh, the only thing I like about this Jeff and Britta team up is the way that the characters are blocked. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that they are, like here, the way that they're both peering through the window. Then there's the part a little bit on in the scene when they're on both sides of Troy with like their head on one fist. You know, they, yeah, they're, they're it, it's very well. much like the like the devil angel thing, but it's two devils. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just tempting poor little Troy. <laughs> so yeah, they decide to to pull off the scheme on Troy. They walk in on him. He's just reading his book and literally just it, I don't I don't know what to say. Jeff is like chemistry, sexy. <laughs> Brit is like, "You know what else is sexy? Annie." And it's just this really awkward, slightly funny scene about them trying to like reverse psychology Troy into being attracted to Annie. Yeah, I think I Troy know. has some funny lines through here. Like he's like, "Well, I know chemistry's sexy, but Annie." <laughs> and he reveals more about Annie's breakdown in high school. Yeah, um, you know uh, that that she had a nervous breakdown that ended with her running through a plate glass door, screaming, "Everyone's a robot," which I think definitely would take somebody down on your radar. Probably, maybe. I don't know. For people like me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I might like Annie more now. Yeah. There are some funny lines when when Jeff says, Troy, clear your head, and immediately Troy, done. Done. <laughs> and, I don't know, tries to paint a word picture of this random person who is Annie, and then it slips into something not funny when it's one of those bits of Jeff whispering into Troy's ear and Troy yeah. reacting to the dirty things that Jeff's saying. But about 18-year-old Annie, who he was just talking about that he's trying to protect. Yeah. It's not that funny, and it's a joke that's been done so many times, and they're not doing anything here with it that hasn't been done before. Nope. Uh, Donald Glover is so funny, so his reactions to everything is funny, but he can make anything funny. Exactly. <laughs> but what, and it's also a way for people to like solve a problem, say the problem being Troy needs to be attracted to Annie, with literally doing nothing. You know? Yeah. They don't write a reason to change his mind. They're just like, oh, well, Jeff said something, so now his mind has changed. Yeah, I. this is actually the point in the episode for me where it starts to... Go down? Yeah. I very much do not care for... And she's Jewish? Yeah. When what Troy's is hearing all this about Annie. <sighs> yeah. Well, and also the joke doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, that joke would make sense if it were, like, gender reversed and it were, like, a guy. And, like, oh. Like, maybe. Oh, yeah, not but... This- uncircumcised yeah like that that's the joke there to me not anything to do with i don't Annie, think that's supposed to be the joke which no makes me have no idea what the joke's supposed to exactly. be exactly like i don't know what it means throw in a joke about her being jewish a good one 
Uh, yeah, and Troy decides that maybe she deserves another another shot, but it's too late because she's already with Vaughn. And this is when, if as if they hadn't already, Britta mm-hmm. really, really breaks all semblance of this being an okay situation and says that Annie has had feelings for him for a very long time, which Annie confided with her about that. And it wasn't Britta's information to share. No, it really wasn't. At all. Yeah, they they're totally manipulating Troy and they say they said they weren't going to tell him exactly what to do, but they say Annie is just getting with Vaughn to make you jealous, so you have to jump on this now, right Jeff? You know, I don't know. Yeah, and that's and that's where for me Britta I lost a lot of like okay Britta, come on now. Because not only are you like outing Annie's feelings for Troy that she had for so long, yeah, and has been struggling with, but then you also lie to Troy about her being with Vaughn just to get at him. Yeah, bad. And bad Jeff, news. Jeff just shakes his head and is like, "And we didn't tell you what to do." <laughs> yeah, losers. I hate it. Yeah, and this isn't the first time that we've done a storyline of them taking advantage of one of the study group members. This isn't even the first time in the fifteen episodes we've done where Jeff takes advantage of Troy like this. Nope, not cool. Not cool at all. And then as soon as they leave, Troy, I have the weirdest bone. <laughs> they said on the commentary that that was an ad lib, and it's a very funny one. See, he, he can just make any scene funny. There's another one that they said in this episode that he ad libbed, and it's one of the funniest lines in the episode. Ooh. Now we cut to Pierce is in a writer's room with the Greendale Sketch Comedy Club. Maybe we'll find out what their name is here pretty soon. Yeah. And they're all sitting around a table with coffee and Chinese food watching Kick Puncher 2, codename Punch Kicker, uh, because Pierce has like, hired them to write jokes for the movie that he can whip out when he meets <laughs> with his friends later. And I thought that there was a chance that this storyline was kind of a ham-fisted comment on Chevy. And mm. the types of jokes that he thinks are funny and the way he aren't. treats the writer's room or the way that he puts his own jokes into situations that aren't that funny. Were things that bad in season one already? I don't know. Well, in the commentary, they Dan said it, it, it was more that he had a group of friends that they had a movie night with and that someone did this. Where it became really? like a quipping thing and someone like had written down material. That's cringy as hell. That's... Yeah. <laughs> And a good day for kick puncher is the line, and Pierce pauses it, and he's like, all right, team, <laughs> that pause is a perfect time for me to say a joke, come up with something funny. And all of these bright-eyed kids try to come up with something, and Pierce is just mean to them. He doesn't get any joke that he's told. Uh, this group of kids is played by Derek Comedy, which is uh, Donald Glover's comedy group from okay. the Four Community. That's uh, funny. He, they did a movie, I believe, called, like, Mystery Team. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's Derek Comedy. Yeah, that's and, cool. And, yeah, they all went to high school together. Ah! Yeah. Uh, so it's cool that they got little cameos in this. Another thing that I have to call out, which I don't have a lot to say commentary-wise on this scene mm-hmm. of what they're saying. Pierce yeah. is looking for the right joke. There's a pretty funny joke on how the sketch comedy team kind of put together that Pierce doesn't get any of the jokes that they're trying to put together cleverly. So they just figure out the low-hanging fruit that he likes and make comments on those, and then he's immediately won over by them. Yeah. Like, he really likes gay jokes. It's really funny because they're looking at this movie and trying to come up with jokes, and behind Pierce, written on the chalkboard, is the Dan Harmon story circle. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. So it's like they're using the story circle to 
to go through it. So instead of of uh, diving through the scene anymore, other than the line where we find out that uh, that Pierce had some bad blood with his third wife's therapist. Yeah, therapist. That was the biracial one, right? Mm-hmm. It was. Let, let's take a walk through the Dan Harmon story circle. Just quickly. okay. There's eight steps to it, and this is what Dan Harmon says he uses for every story he tells. Every character goes through this circle in every episode of every show that he does. He even uses this for every joke when he's writing something. The story circle is one. A character is in a zone of comfort. Two, but they want something. Three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Four, they adapt to it. Five, they get what they wanted. Six, they pay a heavy price for it. Seven, they return to their familiar situation. Eight, having changed. Yep. And that's like the hero's journey, like just written down to a formula, to a T. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure when it comes to writing, like that makes the process so much quicker. You fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. And you just add jokes. Yeah. Which is great. I love it. After that rap session, uh, Pierce gets the, it's a great day for being gay. (laughs) After that, we cut to Annie in the like kind of side area next to the cafeteria with all the couches. Here we get a really awkward but funny scene of Troy being really hyper-masculine and coming on to Annie. Uh, Here's what I'm conflicted with, because I love Troy so much that I don't dislike Troy in this scene. I mean, I get that it's, like, not good, and he's kind of being, like... But Troy is... Yeah, but at the same time, Troy is not, like, ill-intentioned here. This is just what he knows. Not that yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think right. that's exactly what it is. I don't know. I think he, in high school, is used to being given what he wants. Yeah, he's like, oh, this girl likes me. I know that. I'll just go up and put my arm around her, and now we're dating. And we've seen that he has some uh, toxic masculinity issues. Mm-hmm. And that, married with uh, being given what you want, leads to this young man who thinks he can take what he wants even if he's so well-intentioned yeah i love his like little cool walk that he tried to do because it was so bad all the times when he like his face is normal and then he like shifts his face into whatever he's about to try to do i don't know he 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 takes all the moments really well and here's something uh like danny pooty a couple episodes ago donald glover was very sick when they filmed this scene okay was he sick i I thought something was up with him when they were around the table i could tell something was up with his face and i was going to ask you if they said anything about the commentary it wouldn't have been every scene because they film an episode over days Mm -hmm. but they the only time they could have been the only time they mentioned it was in this scene right here and you can kind of tell that his eyes are a little puffy and his voice is a little bit lower and gravelly, mm. but it works for the like swagger he's trying to put on. Yeah. So he walks up to Annie. He's like really swinging his arms. And he's like, hey, Annie. <laughs> it's me, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> and Annie just immediately, oh, I don't know where Abed is, but I can call him if you want. <laughs> you know, earlier we missed the line where she says, I thought he tried to hold my hand once, but he thought <laughs> it was Abed. Yeah, it's just this awkward scene of Troy putting on this hyper-masculine character to hit on Annie, and Annie is not into it. She's really into Vaughn right now, and if she pictured how she wanted things to go with her and Troy, this was definitely never it. No, not at all. I hate the way that he like checks her out top to bottom when he's like, I never noticed how beautiful you are. Yeah. 
And then Vaughn shows up, sweet, innocent Vaughn, with two ice cream cones in hand to see his girl with another guy around. You know, he has his arm around her. (sighs) And you can just see he's like, oh... You know, this new girl that I'm starting to really get into, what's going on? And it, and it sucks because he probably saw Troy and immediately recognized him as, oh, no, another member of the study group. And Crap. I've had trouble with several members of the study group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This is, I don't know, Troy's masculinity, he jumps up to defend himself. and I'm his, not your bro, bro. Yeah, and that's when we get the... Oh, well, actually, everyone is my bro in the whole entire universe, you know, because everything is connected. Rocks, <laughs> eagles, hats... <laughs> I do uh, really uh, relate to the line where Donald Glover says that, well, Troy says that there are also things that are connected, like, <laughs> like tarantulas, tarantulas and, and him peeing in my pants. Th- oh, absolutely, that's me. Earlier today, there was a spider walked across and my desk, peed? and I, like, swung at it and missed, and it, like, was hanging down from, like, a web, like, on the, like, in front of my desk, and I just, with all the power in my hand, just swung and, like, smacked the ground so hard that my hand was, like, bright red for the next, like, 30 minutes, but the spider, like, disappeared, like, disintegrated, can't find it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this all creates a conflict because Troy is puffing his chest and acting like he has ownership over Annie, which puts Annie, who is just so meek and truly infatuated with Vaughn, and now she looks like she's in a really bad position... And yeah. Vaughn is so sensitive that he thinks they're in a really bad situation. And Annie tries to tries to explain herself, and, she, and she's genuine. Uh, she says, I don't want to lie, so I'll say I had feelings for Troy, but that's not what it is anymore, and that's not what's going on right now. That's not good enough for Vaughn. He had problems with Britta, and he was kind of going on a limb when he was going with one of the other friends, and he's just already worried that something bad is going to happen yet again. I don't like the line where Vaughn compares Shirley to Sherry Shepard very much. No, I I was like, oh, it's no. It's not totally untrue. They no. do have slight similarities, similarities, but not really. Yeah. Well, and I also think that, you know, Sherry Shepard is not a nice thing to be compared to. Generally. Definitely true. I think any of the women of the voice, unless you're Whoopi Goldberg, you do not want to be the voice. I mean the view. <laughs> you know, Adam Levine, Blake Shelton, any of those girls. <laughs> I mean, none of the people on the voice either, really. Yeah. Except Vaughn whoa, 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 study... whoa, Alicia Keys, Shakira. Okay, but there's like twenty. I, okay, I'm thinking like the pe- what? We're not talking about the voice right now. <laughs> This is the voice. Vaughn's heartbroken, and he says, you don't deserve ice cream. And he puts Annie's scoop onto his, making a two-scooper of what is very clearly mashed potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And throws the cone at Annie and Troy. And go Vaughn. He deserves better. Yeah, sad boy Not that Annie did anything wrong. No, and that's... At all. That's that's very sad. Yeah, is that Annie literally is, like, trying her best, and she, like, you know, clearly got Troy off of her and was like, Vaughn, no. Yeah, but Vaughn's not going to get fooled again, and I respect that. Mm Mm-hmm. And Troy is just like, well, he's a baby. Now where were we? (laughs) And if anything, I love that this scene definitively puts a cap on Troy and Annie. Yeah, it does. Troy offers himself to Annie, it's not what Annie wanted, and now it's over. Yeah. And I think a lot of people talk about community, and they're like, oh yeah, remember how Annie was really into Troy, and that didn't really go anywhere? It kind of did. It's right here. Mm-hmm. And they resolved it well. That's one thing I'll give this episode, even if I don't like seeing Troy treat a woman that way. Yeah. Even though everybody knows that Annie wants a cut of that T-bone steak. Oh, God. 
Troy spills the beans and tells Annie that Jeff and Britta told him this stuff. And after <laughs> Troy, full wide arm open, offers himself <laughs> to Annie in public, like right next to a teacher who's grading papers. <laughs> and so, Red Shoe Diaries is the, is the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's just like, do whatever you want to me. I think you know I have a thing for butt stuff. Another ad lib from Donald Glover. Nice. That's a callback. So now two people are mad at Jeff and Britta for meddling in situations. And then we cut to Jeff and Britta who are cheersing themselves for fixing the situation. Yeah, this this scene was weird to me for a couple reasons. Okay. I think that I don't really... Okay, well, go. Are, what are they drinking? They're drinking pop. They're both but, drinking cola. They're talking but, about how cute Troy and Annie's babies will be. Yeah, well, mixed babies and, are, are the cutest. But Yeah, they fine. kind of make a weird joke where Britta is like, they're, come on, they're going to be extra cute because they're mixed babies, but won't say it. But like, won't say it. They'll be cute. And Jeff knows what she was trying to say and why she won't say it. And it's an awkward situation. Yeah, and, and then she's like, Jeff, do you want kids? Which is like, like we'll see. Put a put on something nice and find me after lunch. Yeah, eh? hated that. Hated that line so much. <laughs> I do like aspects of how Jeff and Britta's relationship has really gone from this thing to where like they're kind of flirty, but it's almost like brother and sister, like punch in the arm kind of thing. And yeah, that seems to work pretty well. But yeah, then there are moments where Britta's like, "Do you want kids?" Or like, "Have you ever loved someone?" <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it is awkward. And it's like, Britta, what are you what are you looking for here? Yeah, and then Annie walks in, and this knocks off a domino fall of really funny events where she's like, you know, just thanks for meddling in my love life. That was yeah. super cool and mature. I'm being sarcastic. That was awful. <laughs> and then she storms off, leaving them mouth agape. Immediately, Troy walks in, and he's mad at them and says, thanks for making Annie just another hot girl that doesn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> And I love that when he says that wants nothing to do with me, he like puffs out his chest, <laughs> like he's like a like he's a like a like a rooster, ready right? To square up. <laughs> and the best part after Troy leaves, another one, Leonard walks in. Hey <laughs> guys, hey guys, thanks for eating all the macaroni. Shut up, Leonard. Nobody even knows what you're talking about. I did eat all the macaroni. It's messed up that he knows. And the one thing I do like about this scene is that the first response isn't to any of the meddling with their friends' love lives. It's, no. It's after Jeff says, shut up, Leonard, which might be the first legit shut up, Leonard. I think that's the first legit shut up, Leonard, because I don't think that you, they actually said shut up, Leonard, when yeah, they were in the pool. Shut up, Leonard. Nobody knows what you're talking about. And as soon as Leonard leaves, I did eat the macaroni. It's messed up that he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Where was there a limited amount of macaroni Listen, that Jeff was able to eat all to of? To eat all of it. Uh, now we cut back to the dorm room. Pierce opens the door. Let's light this candle. Just ready to get stuff started. I'm going to start He's saying that when I enter a room. Kick punching. But as we talked before, they've decided to watch Tom Selleck fight spiders. And it's really funny that, that Pierce you know, put all this work into it. They're not even going to watch the movie that he put all this work into. He makes up the story that he has a brother that he's never <laughs> mentioned that died on the set of this Tom Selleck movie. I love that nobody looks at him and looks like they're taking it seriously at all. Like, especially Chang and uh, Troy are like, mm, no. <laughs> Chang's like, what? One of the mechanical spiders just went haywire just and went tore him to pieces. And, and Tom, Tom Selleck just, Selleck just stood, stood there. there. 
<laughs> he just stood there and watched him die. And the like showing his teeth like cry face Pierce makes is pretty funny. Oh. So, because no one wants to trigger Pierce, Shirley's like, we'll watch Kick Puncher 2 then, and Pierce gives a thumbs up. He's like, okay, good. <laughs> and he keeps crying, but as soon as the movie starts, he snaps out of it, and literally, like, the very first line, he's, change, time to change the channel, change the, change the remote, we're gonna be begging for change, spare change, uh... Uh, change.org I, I don't he's just he's just yeah rapid fire spiraling God, i do like the got... line you know they i mean of course immediately everyone's like well pierce well, is not abed funny. immediately turns off the movie and is like something weird <laughs> is happening i like the comparison to uh, robin williams they make like the incomparable yeah but you're doing it with the speed and determination of the incomparable robin williams yeah uh, and Shirley calls him out. I think you came prepared. And Chang says, "Dude, even I know you're lame, and I'm a tenured <laughs> professor sitting in a beanbag chair." Which Troy, you're not a professor. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's not a lot to say here. It's funny. It's very light. Yeah. Uh, Pierce admits that he did advanced work, and he thinks it's pathetic that they're all sitting around making fun of movies. Uh, that they don't feel good about themselves, so they have to make fun of other people, and immediately connects that to what Mama Chang didn't breastfeed. <laughs> Twitch Chang is like, like she read in a book, it wouldn't make that difference. Oh, and you all sicken me, and I will no longer participate. And he falls. He he <laughs> eats ass like Pierce always does when they need to end right. a Pierce story. They turn it around on him. How? It's not really about them, and Pierce is the pathetic one, and he can't make anyone laugh. But then he does make everyone laugh when he falls, and as always, he never takes it as an embarrassment. He's like, they like me. They <laughs> it's like really the biggest like laugh me. of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, it's true. When Pierce falls, I laugh. Yeah. So that's the end of that one. Uh, they <laughs> cut back to the study room, <laughs> and Pierce is still explaining what, he's gonna, what he was going to say during the movie, even mm-hmm. though the jig is up. He says, then I was going to say, it's a good day to be gay. And he's got a Band-Aid on his forehead and, like, a <laughs> thing on his nose. Yeah. I don't like that he's saying the jokes again and everybody's laughing at it. Yeah, I don't think they were now that because funny of the fall. Yeah. It almost seems like maybe they filmed this scene on an earlier day or something or forgot mm-hmm. about... I don't, it feels like the reactions are weird. Jeff and Britta walk into the room and Jeff apologizes. Dress for a funeral and they're all yeah. black. So somber. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff looks like... Uh, a, a, a magician. Some <laughs> eyeliner and be a magician. Like I thought, I was watching the dark timeline for a second. I was like, wait a minute. They try to explain that they were worried about Annie's well-being and that they feel partially responsible for Annie. And Annie just kind of. Well, first she tells off Britta that you're not my mother because she would never wear those boots. <laughs> and she totally squares up with them and says how can you respect me as an adult and a friend or like how can you say you are i don't know yeah she calls them out and that makes britta finally snap listen britta came with the heat (laughs) so i don't know i feel like we got to have this moment since we're on the show did you feel this way at all when we had our situation was there some no was there some resentment at all not even a little bit yeah yeah okay okay because Britta, yeah, it's, she was never going to say it, and she was quote-unquote fine with it, but of course she thought about it. I don't know. Because yeah. Annie says, but you don't like Vaughn. 
And Brita says, well, no, I don't, but I don't want him seeing anyone else. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a recency bias. It I was going to say, I think this was the last person that Britta, at least as far as we know, like, was with. Within a couple months, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not like I dated Lily weeks after you had. Yeah, it was years. mere days. Yeah, yeah. I waited I waited hours till the tears dried. <laughs> Picked uh, her up from my house. Annie's kind of like, I don't know what you want me to say. I asked if you cared and you said no, so I did it. And kind of good on Britta where she's like fine I cared I'm a girly girl I like boys and, and I don't like it when they're mean to me and I don't like it when they stop kissing me and start kissing my friends I'm not that cool it's kind of nice to see this vulnerable side of Britta but it could have been like this from the beginning yeah they didn't have to make it a whole thing now it's a sitcom and it wouldn't have been an episode if they didn't make it a whole thing but maybe they could have made an episode about something else yeah right like maybe they really should have <laughs> she's i'm not juno okay home slice i did like that line i could have done without the home slice we get it juno yeah. whatever this is building up to a good moment uh jeff says that's all this was you were just you were just jealous and brit is like well how were you not doing it because you were just jealous because you kissed annie and you don't want to see vaughn put his hands all over her and then there's an awkward moment where Jeff and Annie like debate the validity of the kiss that they shared and if it yeah, meant anything or weird whether or not them. either of them are willing to admit it's anything and they're both offended if they say it's not anything. Weird. Yeah. And here's next – or what? what is – I think – is Jeff's not line next where he says the awkward thing? Well, he says to Annie that the kiss was meaningless. It was strategic and joyless. What? Yeah. Uh, Troy says to Jeff, you did get weirdly specific when you were describing Annie's body, which is gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Abed just gives him the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> and here, no, right now we get a, a, the smallest hint of Troy and yeah, Britta. Because Jeff says it's more specific than the stuff you told me about Britta. One of two hints, I think, because I think there's one at the end, too. Okay. At least slightly. Shirley is so eager, does anyone get specific about me? And then a very <laughs> funny Pierce line. <laughs> Check your email. <laughs> Shirley should have known, you know, if you if you put that fishing line out. Oh, yeah. It's like, I, I, I marked you as spam. Who's Pam? Oh, Pierce. Voice command. Abed has a funny line when he's like, when we all first came in, we were wholesome and healthy like the Brady Bunch, but now we're as incestuous and dysfunctional as the cast of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Accurate. Then they're just talking about how they're all kind of creepy towards each other. Uh, Shirley says it's creepy, but Annie says it's no creepier than when you talk about, like, Jeff's butt in his jeans, which is a surprise to Jeff and yeah. to Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> but Shirley says, well, where I'm from, it's perfectly fine for women to talk about stuff like that. Gray area. I don't know if that is okay or not. Gray area. Like, I, I don't know. Another really funny line. This scene's getting better here once everybody starts yelling at each other. Uh, Shirley says, you never find me say anything weird about Troy and Abed's weird little relationship. And Troy and Abed just the jealous. <laughs> the jealous. <laughs> Very classic Troy and Abed moment. Yes. Winger... It's not quite a winger speech, but he makes everyone listen to him so he can settle the conflict and says it's more complicated because we're a family, but unlike a real family, any of us could be sexual prospects for any of us. And I hated this scene. You hate hated it? Hated every second of this moment. When they were really? Looking at each other, didn't like it. This is a lot of people's like. This is like a top tier community moment. Yeah, not for me. Really? Yeah. It's a super heavily gifted one. I love it because 
they just get a second where to quell this awkwardness that's building they're like oh yeah you're right that could happen we could all see each other that way they all kind of look at each other and think about what it would be like if they did and then they're done with it i don't know it doesn't bug me what bugs you about it i think that the troy looking at shirley and her like eyeing him was weird i think that it was awkward because like when well, Jeff kind of looks at Britta, and Britta's like, you know, whatever. And then Jeff looks at Annie, and then Annie kind of looks at Jeff and, like, has, like, a, like, kind of a sweet, like, look or something. I don't know. It was just, the whole thing was weird for me. I think it's funny. We and then, get, like, let's just go through all the pair-ups. Pierce looks at Shirley. No-brainer. Shirley's mm-hmm. like, next. Shirley yeah. looks at Jeff. Jeff looks at Britta. Britta looks at Abed, who wiggles his eyebrows. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britta looks at Annie. They linger at each other for a long time. And then they're like, what are we doing? That one's yeah. pretty funny. And then they gasp. Then Annie looks at Troy, and Troy's like, eh, no. Troy looks at Shirley. Shirley's like, yeah. And Troy's like, eh, okay. <laughs> Troy's like, maybe. <laughs> then Annie looks at Pierce, who's just anxious for anyone to like look back look at, at him. Look at him, yeah. Then Annie looks at Jeff, who smiles. This is a little bit awkward. They linger on it a little too long. Then Jeff looks at Abed, who's really wiggling his eyebrows. And then why are we even talking about this? I, I think know. maybe part of the reason I dislike is because the only couple that I like in the entire show did not look at each other. So maybe that was why I didn't like it. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think this scene was anything like that. I don't I don't know. I just think it's so many shows the friend group becomes like a family, like how they yeah. do with religion and comparative religion. They don't address stuff like this. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know. I don't know. I disagree with you this week. That's okay, buddy. I think it's Jeff who says, well, you're the one who's having sex with, with uh, Britta's ex-boyfriend, which brings up the super wholesome fact that, you know, like, they haven't, they haven't had sex. Because Vaughn is a other. sweetheart gentleman who will go at her pace. And Annie is too. And these people need to, A, respect these other people's decisions if they're friends. And two, like, just be honest with them and converse with them. Tell them your, your worries if you have them and you feel like it's important. But yeah. you've got to trust their decision at the end of the day or at least see that it's not your decision at the end of the day. Totally. <laughs> it appears to say that doesn't mean you're not having sex if you haven't kissed. <laughs> I do like that Troy like immediately responds, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't doubt that Pierce has had sex with women that refuse to kiss him. Well, I think that some of the ones that he has to pay for, I think that's in the rules. Yeah, or it's extra. And mm-hmm. Jeff only gave Pierce so much money. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Annie says that Vaughn told her that they'd take things as slowly as she wanted and that he likes her for who she is and she likes him and it's sweet. I almost sh- – I I don't not ship it. It's hard to take it too seriously because I know it doesn't last too long. Yeah. But it's sweet. It's the relationship in the show that's done the most so far to make me root for it a little bit. Well, and I'll say at this point in time especially, that's the person who I would rather see Annie with than any of the other characters we know. People don't like when you say you don't ship Jeff and Annie. That's yeah, like I, the thing. I really and don't I ship, Jeff, don't and ship Jeff and Annie. At all. I'm open to the potential of it if the show, while we go through it, shows me otherwise. Mm-hmm. But so far, it hasn't. Yeah. And like we, just thinking back on when I watched the show before, I was not about it. <laughs> So I don't foresee myself being super about it this time, but we'll give it a go. We hear guitar playing and light singing from the outside. I do not buy that they would have heard this from the study room and been like, what's going on? 
Yeah, you know? no, me neither. <laughs> they're like, you guys hear that? I'm I like, think they're no, far too loud. What are you loud. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so they all get up and exit the entire building where Vaughn is across the street playing guitar. There's no way they hear that. <laughs> it's a sweet moment where, uh, okay, so Vaughn recognizes the study group. He's like, Britta. That's when we get the old man river comment, which is just the smallest nudge of a reminder of the Pierce Vaughn like rivalry. And I wish mm-hmm. I wish that's something they would have done more with. I wish they had to. Vaughn's been thinking about it, and he knows that Annie was genuine and that he was just scared. He didn't get her messages though because he threw his phone into the river. <laughs> He said, "He said, you know, I just thought if I can't be with her, who am I going to call? And then I thought my landlord and my sister and you. <laughs> He's oh. been doing a lot of soul searching, and he, he wanted to say to her through song how he feels for her. And it's cute. It's sweet. Let's say, what do, what do you think about Annie's song? Where does it rank for you among Vaughn's songs? It doesn't rank highly. No. But there's nothing wrong with it. No, I don't think either. I, I think it's it's... Only slightly above mid, but only because it's it's short. But like like Jeff says, it's honest. I think my favorite part of it is Vaughn's backup man playing the triangle and tambourine. Oh, that's a hell of a it. like combo to be holding He's down the way a he shit is. ton of 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 rhythm out of that tambourine. Yeah, and you know what I will say about Vaughn singing his like ooze, pretty nice. Yeah, and they confirmed in the commentary that that's really the actor singing, and that's that he cool. has a really nice voice. Yeah, it's very clear that he's not actually playing the guitar because yeah. <laughs> in the track there's a lot of like finger picking and a, the the melody is moving a lot. But yeah, he's, he's just that. like moving his fingers across the same fret over and same. over again. But whatever, I it's hard for me not to see stuff like that and want to yeah. take it out against a show. But obviously, like the show can't help that the actors who they hired don't know how to do stuff like that and they're <laughs> right, so not we always going to have days. time we to teach how to play someone guitar. how to do it realistically. Yeah. I think the song's sweet. I think it's simple, but I think that it would appeal to Annie. I believe that Annie would be just head over heels for this. Absolutely. And I believe that Vaughn would be head over heels for Annie. And I like it. It gives me the sweet feelings. Yeah, I I don't dislike the two of them together for sure. Britta and Jeff during the song share like a look at each other as if they're saying like we did this <laughs> well i also like that for the first part of the song like britta has such like a stank look on her face like everyone in the group kind of has a different oh what's abed have in his hand in his hand what were the other things we were supposed to the look building... at the building um we remembered See, to check one of them something about the room abed has a banana peel in his hand banana peel that's what it is and i can't see what the building behind vaughn is it's just like blacked out doors then maybe you were right, it's the Crutcher Butcher Hall or whatever. No, that's where the study group is standing in front of. Oh. Oh, no, it says Borcher Hall. It is Borcher Hall. I was right. Nice. Anyway. And the last one is how many characters Abed plays at the end, so we can check that. Okay, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. After Annie's song, uh, they they embrace, and, and Pierce throws in the jab. His songs are dumber than he is. And Jeff is the one to say, yeah, but they're honest, because Jeff's finally come around on the, on the guy mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> Annie comes over to the study group again and says so sweetly, Vaughn wants to show me a cloud that looks like a pumpkin. Is it okay if I go? (laughs) And Britta's fine. She's fine with it. She had to vent about how she was feeling, but she's fine with it. And now she can see that they're not awful for each other. Yeah. Someone says something about the study group appearing to be creepy. 
And Annie says, I wouldn't hang out with you guys if you were creepy. Trust me. I have good taste. <laughs> and they should trust her because she does have good taste. And they should have trusted her this whole time. Yeah. Because it's Annie. She's smart and capable and wouldn't put herself around someone who isn't this, isn't isn't good to her or good for her. No, I really don't think she would. Because Vaughn She's is harmless. Young and she could be taken advantage of, but Annie is... They don't give her enough credit. No, they don't. And she is always the one who says, give me more credit. Vaughn and Annie start hugging again, and that's when Vaughn starts spinning her around and says, you smell like boysenberries. <laughs> There's a pretty funny line when Pierce says to the three men and two women next to him, so just to be clear, I don't have a shot with any of you. Yeah, that was funny. Which Pierce has always been pretty open when talking about sexuality, even if he uh -huh. likes to make gay jokes. Maybe Pierce isn't 100% straight. I think that Pierce has definitely done some things with all sorts of people. That sounded like it came from uh, an inside knowledge. Hey, you know, friend of the show. <laughs> okay. So everyone immediately leaves the situation once once Pierce makes it about that. Everyone stopped thinking about how they were thinking about everyone banging you know Pierce is the only one who's gonna focus on that forever and then we pan over to Vaughn and Annie continuing to spin as the shot fades out and Vaughn says I'm dizzy because <laughs> they've been spinning for a while and that's the end of the episode yeah it's just very slight it's just a light week as far as community is concerned Nothing yeah. terribly wrong with it, but nothing about it that I'm like, this is amazing or this is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. What say you? I I really like the the in tag quite a bit. Even I if do I as didn't well. The episode. I... Yeah, the in tag is definitely one of the highlights. Yeah. It takes me back to making these types of films with friends when I was younger. It makes me uh, think of <laughs> Lethal Weapon Six when they make it in Sunny. It's always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. There are eight Ovid wow. characters in the end tag. I was correct. I believe my favorite of the shots is the one where Abed's two people on each side of Troy, and the one side of Troy is like a super clearly like cut out corner of video that they've like pasted on top of it. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty funny video editing joke. Yeah. I don't know what to say. It's just Troy and Abed goofing off and recreating one of their favorite films. The best part is at the end when they're done filming the scenes that they're filming, uh, when Abed is dressed up as Kick Puncher's love interest, when Troy's like, The chef really couldn't do your part. Well, I asked her. She wasn't available. Let's go film the sex scene. And Troy says in another improv Donald Glover line, maybe the best of the bunch, All right, let's go film the sex scene. <laughs> that was improv? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And that's what ends the episode on a huge laugh, which is yeah, good for absolutely. an episode that doesn't 100% stand out for either of us. It's good that it ends on such a funny moment. I don't know, in a week where we had some things that weren't our favorite, uh, what do you got? Who's your MVP this week, my friend? So at the start of recording this episode, I had not chosen one. Because honestly, after watching the episode three times, I didn't really think that anybody, like, everyone upset me with something that they did this episode. But... After going through it, the person that upset me by far the least, that wasn't named Vaughn, is going to be Annie. So Annie gets my MVP this week. I think that's fair. And I 
kind of was in the same boat. I've gone back and forth. It's like, do I want it to be this person? And mm -hmm. none of the people that I think shined the best in the episode were really that integral to the episode. Mm -hmm. I dabbled True. with giving it to Pierce because I thought he had quite a few funny moments in the episode. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately I am also going to have to go with Annie uh, just by process of elimination of the other people. And that she was really sweet and earnest this entire episode. She was. And Vaughn was as well, but I don't think I've given Annie an MVP yet. And she's had several episodes to shine. Maybe I did give Annie one. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I might have given her one. I might have given it to her in Debate I, 109. I gave it to her in uh, Human Sexuality. Mm. But, yeah, she she was great in this episode. And Alison Brie plays this innocent... Uh, naive version of Annie that we see in this episode very well. And that's it. This feels a little bit awkward because usually we're like, man, that was a great episode and we're <laughs> we're just we're just flying through it. But yeah, it was I don't know. I like to give things letter grades sometimes. This episode still isn't like C territory, but this is maybe the first episode that's like a B minus. For me, this is like C C plus. Mm. I respect that. I think I love community so much that there are only a handful of that. Most of it's going to be season four that, spoiler alert, I don't really like that much. Yeah. And I'm so shocked. The opinion on the internet now is more that, like, it's it's cool to like season four. Yeah, that was not the case back in back in our day. So I'm excited to get to it and see if I can revisit it in a different way. I really hope that in hindsight I like it more than I did. And even if we don't, I think that'll make for interesting podcasting as well. Regardless... Go check out this episode and let us know what you think. Do you think we're missing the ball here? Is there a reason why this is one of the best of all time? Let us know. Yeah, tell me I'm wrong and that Jeff and Annie belong together. They will. They loudly will. <laughs> but as far as face. us over here at You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, uh, I think we're about done for the week. Steven, are there any final things you'd like to share with our, our loyal compatriots? Uh, yeah, make sure you check us out on social media. On Instagram, we are Can't Disappoint Podcast. And on Twitter, we are You Can't Disappod. Were those things correct? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, check you us out on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. You can email us any of the stuff you'd like read out on the show at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we really love reading these emails and getting them. It feels really cool to interact with you guys. DM us on Twitter. I'm assuming they're open. Uh <laughs> Yeah, a lot of big stuff coming up as we're ramping towards the end of Season 1 and a lot more phenomenal episodes to look forward to in the near future. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. And I don't know why, but I just feel like we're ending on a downer because we didn't like the episode that much. Well, hey, here's what How we can we fix this? To. How can we salvage this, Steven? Um, okay, here's, here we go. As Vaughn, write an ad-lib song for a member of the study group. Oh, that's, that's so on the spot. Yeah. Can you do it like that? Can sure. You do it just on the okay. <clears throat> I don't have a guitar nearby, but just imagine that it's playing a lot of G chords, maybe transitioning to an E every once in a while just to mix it up. Oh, Troy, <laughs> you're such a wonderful boy. When you smile, you fill my whole world with joy. Oh, Troy. <laughs> that's the song i don't even think i'm gonna try to top it i was thinking in my head and i i think i'm jamming with troy well that's that's <laughs> you gotta oh, think with your heart troy. <laughs> you are a wonderful boy uh, from inside the dreamatorium thank you for joining us this week 
it's been weird. This is Zach. And I'm not your bro, bro. But I'm Steven. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.